Hello everyone, time for another part of the Uninformed Handball Hours 200 episode live show celebration. Chris here with a little intro for you before we get this part started. And in this section, we spoke all about trying to create the all-time all-star team in men's handball. Quite a challenge. Uh, A lot of fun going through the positions and the names as well. A lot of disagreements, as you can imagine, but we somehow got there in the end. And we did mention in the previous episode that Eduardo Amarim wasn't able to join us for the live show for a very good reason. And now we're able to reveal that reason. And it's very good news that she gave birth to little Idalina. And it was a little bit earlier than expected, the birth. And on the day of recording the live show, uh, Eduardo wrote to me saying, I'm going to the hospital now, so I can't join this time, but I promise uh, to come again. So a very good excuse and very good news as well. So delighted for Duda and the entire family. So with that bit of good news, it's time to go to the second part of our live show. Here it is. Well, let's see how this goes. Uh, we're going to do the, we're going to try and compile together also with you as the audience. So do put in your your suggestions as we go through the positions in the chat. Uh, it'd be nice to get as many perspectives on this as possible uh, because we're also almost certainly going to miss some players, but we're going to try and agree on an all-time all-star team for the men. And now, Courtney, sorry for throwing you under the bus here. You had the women's prepared, but Eduarda not being able to join us. Do you want to run through your women's team for us before we go oh okay goalkeeper lund uh i actually don't have a left wing <laughs> uh left back niagu uh center back is my one that i haven't seen play but i went for Seong ok o mm. um right back merk or gross i can't i was going to elaborate on these right wing martin or radicevic and line player luke of course as you mentioned, uh, since we're all so young, um, these are all people that I've mainly seen in the years I've been working yeah. in Hample, so it's hard for me to go back uh, further than that. I'm sure I'm overlooking some people. but so, so bonus points in this chat for anyone who comes up with someone who played before 1995, I think is a good, uh, a good one. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be our generation. Uh, I think... How long ago was before 95? Oh, I mean, for the men's. The men's, yeah. So bonus points for you anyway, Courtney. You. You're the only one who contributed to the women's, so you you win. But we'll have to do the women's <laughs> on another time when uh, we do have other uh, female guests to join and give their perspective. We're going to focus on the men now, and I think we'll start where all good teams should start. The right wing. No, we're going to start in goal. <laughs> we're going to start with the goalkeeper. Who wants to go first? Alex Gulesh. 
I think Rasmus wants to go first. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can, I can go first. Uh, I mean, it's always difficult uh, when you haven't uh, watched some uh, some players play. I heard a lot of good stuff about Wieland Schmidt, uh, a German goalkeeper uh, who played for several years ago. Uh, but I will take one I have watched a lot. I think uh, Teddy Omaier. Uh, was just an amazing goalkeeper and I think that maybe he is the best all time in crunch time as a goalkeeper because every time France needed some uh, saves from him he was just standing there and, and was so intimidating for, for the shooters so uh, for me he is uh, he's the best uh, goalkeeper I have ever watched Yeah, here. Yeah. which goalkeepers jump to your mind when you think of the best of all time? Well, there's a couple actually, but yeah, Omer is one of them. Sterbeck is one of them, and Landin is also one of them. Although he's like still playing, but he's he's definitely on the list. But I don't know. I think I'd go with with Sterbeck because he also he he had some games when in the in finals and crunch time when he was just closing, you know, like. Like it's uh, you can, you can do nothing. It's it's done. So he was, and he's also. I played with him actually in his last year, and he's really natural. You know, he's not this uh, really training type, and and also speaking a lot. He's just there, saving because he knows how to. You know, and that's it. So I think because of the talent he has, I I choose him. Can you give us a an insight from that season you played with him? Like what? Because I guess you've you trained against him so many times as well, and and then been side by side with him in the the big games. What what exactly makes him so special as a as a goalkeeper during matches? What about us uh, makes him so difficult to to get by? I think uh, I think that sometimes he he has some gift that he's not waiting for you to to like shoot wherever you want and then saving it is more like making you shoot in in some in some point or some direction because he stands in a way sometimes that you think that this place that you want to sh- choose to shoot in is free but he's there you know he's he's smart in this and and you don't feel it, you know, you just think that, okay, I chose the right decision and then, no, it was my decision. <laughs> it was his. So I think, yeah, this is one thing I, I thought about his style of play. Do you reckon that Landine is the hardest active goalkeeper to go up against or you've come up against or is there anyone else who actively is playing at the moment that is a, a bit of a headache? I think, yeah, he's he's for sure there but actually now there's a lot of goalkeepers who are really good like it's one of these positions that that is a lot of guys who are really good on and talented and and always saving but for me yeah he's he's the toughest thing he's he's there so for context uh there's been five goalkeepers that have won the ihf world player of the year uh we've mentioned most of them so um, Thierry Amier in 2008, there was Arpad Sterbeck in 2005, Slavomir Schmal won it in 2009, a bit of a wild card, but he was a fantastic goalkeeper. And uh, Nicholas Landin has actually won it twice. 
so 2019 and 2021. Um, and the last one is Henning Fritz in 2004. But I think it seems like, for, for me, the the big toss-up is between Arpats Sterbik and Amey. Blandine, it's hard to put him into this discussion yet because he's not finished. You know, he has time to go and he may be there. But th those two players really stand out for me. Courtney, is there anyone else or is it those two uh, for you? Uh, actually, I think if I had to pick like one player who has been, for me, just like the MVP of my whole time covering handball, I would have said Landine. So oh, I have to put him there, I think. Um but yeah, definitely the others are very good points. Like it's very hard to pick one. Uh, I very vividly remember Sturbeck joining Spain for the final weekend of the Euro in 2018, and just the other the uh, who was in the final. I can't even remember who they played in the final. Sweden was it? Anyway, the other team just couldn't shoot their penalties against him. It was completely. Uh, a mental block, it seemed, against him. So yeah. that, that was one of those iconic kind of moments in handball for me because yeah. he came out of retirement. It, like when you saw him walking around before the game, he has this like limp and yeah. it looks like he can barely walk. And then the leg goes above the crossbar and he's absolutely shutting down the other team in the final. And that is just iconic, really. But even after he made a save, he was hobbling to get the ball. <laughs> but each save was like totally fine action. And then. Yeah. And then extra effort just to get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think I remember Rasmus, you were tweeting at the time back in 2018. You were, he was your suggestion for MVP for the whole championship, having just arrived for the semifinals onwards. Um, I the, the name that I had in like straight away was Thierry Omey. That was the that's the kind of the instant one that came to my mind. But it is a very good trio. Any other names up for serious consideration in your minds? Audience. I think, I think that, oh, sorry. <laughs> I think Rasmus as well. I think there's a lot of Swedish uh, good goalkeepers from back in the days. Uh Svensson Masorts and everything like that and also uh, from Russia, Soviet Union, uh, Navrov was also an amazing goalkeeper. So there's a lot of good goalkeepers, of course. But uh, yeah, we we can remember the guys like Stavig and and uh, Umaye and and Landin better. Yeah, good point. From Patrick, yeah, I'm, I'm making the same point. Uh, but like when we talk about the best goalkeeper at the moment in the world, it's always almost between Paris de Vargas and Landin. But then when we talk about the best of all time, no one's even mentioned. Paris de Vargas. And why is that? Fain, <laughs> he does share with Corrales and they're a great mm. duo. So I think maybe that's one element is like, if you're the absolute standout goalkeeper in your national team, you're going to be more uh, positioned in our minds as like that number one. But Perez de Vargas, of course, I mean, amazing, amazing. But he does share with Corrales, also fantastic. For, for me, it's also like... Uh... He needs to win a little bit more. Uh, he haven't, he hasn't won the Olympics. He hasn't won the World Championship. Of course, he has won a lot of stuff in the club and also in the Euros. But for me, it's also if you if you want to be the best ever, <laughs> you need to to win the greatest uh, major tournaments for for national teams. That's just a, a, my opinion. On the on that national team side of things, maybe something for Omea is that 
without him, France wouldn't have been the same. Like there was no one really there to cover for him. And, and that's almost been a big topic for France ever since he uh, stopped playing for them is like the, is Vance on Gerard, whether he can ever be as good, even though he keeps saving them over and over again uh, at big events. But uh, for Landine, we know there's like 17 other Danish goalkeepers who could have done a good enough job to win the championships when they won. Uh, and Sterbik, uh, probably you could say the, uh, the same for the variety of nations he's represented. Um, is that uh, something to lean towards Omeyadera? How are we gonna how are we gonna decide this now? That's something we didn't agree on before. How we're actually gonna come up no, with the, the come up with the the one name here? I, I think we'll have to vote. Oh, we got to do it. And we have our six votes uh, of the hosts, <laughs> but then we'll have to be if there's any uh, ties that will have to be decided by the audience. Okay, um, and. Just yet yeah, a last point on on the three players in terms of their accolades. Um, for Sterbik, it, it's important to remember that he dominated Liga Asobal for many years when that was the biggest league in the world. And he's won four Champions Leagues. Um, on the national team side, he's still got a world championship and a European championship, no Olympic medals. Um, Almeida's just done everything. He's done He's won everything. Only one Champions League, though. Um, that was with that Montpellier team in 2003. Um, and Landine has kind of done both sides uh, quite well. Um, so, yeah, again, very, very difficult to, to compare the eras, but I can go and vote first. And I, I'm just going to give it to Sterbik. It, it's speaks to me more. I say, yeah, you're also Sterbeck of Jean. Yeah, me too. Alex, you said, you said, Omey only won one Champions League. You won two more with, three more with Kiel. With Kiel, I think, yeah. yeah. Alex. Don't ask me. Alex. Alex. Come on, you're not at all. Not at all. Here. Yeah. I did say he did it all. <laughs> he dominated the Bundesliga. He dom- dominated every championship. He dominated. It's really yeah. tough so, yeah, yeah, you're sticking with Arpad. Yeah. Alex, you're still sticking with Arpad. Ron Rasmus. Omeya. Omeya. Chris. Omeya. Cordy. I'll join the Omeya train. Oh, yeah. Or two. Yes, well, there we are. All right. Okay. Democracy wins for now. There's still many <laughs> positions to go. <laughs> left. left wing. Who wants to go first? Let's go with Rasmus again. Okay, for me that was actually pretty easy. Although I didn't watch uh, this guy play that much, I've watched a lot of him uh, on YouTube, and the fact that he invented the spin shot uh, was made it for me. Alexander Kasakevich from Soviet Union played in Skaminsk, uh, won everything with with them, and also won the Olympics in Seoul in '88. Uh, so uh, for me, pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go. Actually, I didn't. I cannot go too much with some people that I didn't see. I think I'm I'm gonna go with the not the guy who like won everything or just about how I liked watching him and I think everyone does was Gansheimer because just what he did is you just wanted to watch him more and more and this is a trophy you know on its own. I feel like he revolutionized the way you shoot from the wing. 
in a lot of ways. I think everyone's been in a handball training trying to do his shot and almost breaking mm. the wrist. <laughs> yeah, in, in the same way, um, you know, uh, the the player that Razas was mentioned, what was his name again? Kasakevich. 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 Invented the spin shot, but I think Gensheimer took the spin shot to a, another level and, and invented all the variations of the spin shot. So it's a, it's a good one. Just a little point on there's been only one player who has won the um, IHF World Player of the Year from left wing. Can any of you guess up there? Guyosa. Guyosa. Uh, Rafael Guyosa won it in 99 for Spain. Go on, sorry. I was just saying, we're not going to give good and bad tickets because I'm a shout out here. No. Breaking all the records playing until he was like 57 or something like that. Never gave up. The ultimate professional. He's also a great player. I think he has a lot of good left wings. Also, Las Castellas yeah. Yeah, scored a lot of goals in the Bundesliga. Yeah. Didn't have that good of a national team career, but of course also won with, with Denmark. So there's a lot of good left wings, I think. What are you going to say, Alex? You were going to mention a name there, yeah? It has to be Stigerson for me. It's the... There's, you know, elements of how you can judge a player and longevity has to has to be one. And what he do, did over his career, the goal tallies he was able to achieve and the spread of teams he played with, you know, eventually winning that Champions League with Barcelona is actually, you know, that has to be celebrated. He had a goal and he achieved it um, uh, on top of all of his accomplishments throughout the career um it just it's just a wonderful wonderful player and you know in many ways kind of the opposite of Uwe Gensheimer <laughs> a player who was you know he had his shots and he got them he had his play he was very consistent and uh you just you, you gotta love it and uh I don't know when we spoke to him I think um well you guys spoke to him Brian and Chris I think we we made that kind of special connection to him uh, when he spoke on the podcast, gave his story and how his career. Um, so I don't know. I, th- I I have a special connection with Sigurdsson from that, and so yeah. I put him put him there. Yeah, a very humble guy as well. I believe he was speaking to us, and uh, also his Olympic medal, the silver medal from 2008. So like that's not to be sniffed at. I mean, that was a huge achievement for Iceland and the country as well. So uh, not everyone can be. Can be Denmark and win loads of loads Olympic Olympic medals, but uh, so we have to <laughs> give him a shout. Out. I think we've lost Chris for the moment. Uh, I think Chris has just gone all black. Oh, uh, Courtney, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, you're here. I just can't see you for some reason. That must be on my camera. Yeah, I would agree with Sigurdsson. Actually, I hadn't thought about him in the two minutes I jotted down some names. Um, but one thing I really like about him, actually, I'm not that much of a fan of spin shots and I think Sigurdsson is more of a bang and get it in the goal kind of guy and I like I yeah so very reliable and I I would agree with him as a perfect choice but what's the most good player you're just gonna go no yeah. not impressed yep Liberov, honestly because I enjoy his shooting a lot but yeah and he spins yeah <laughs> that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying <laughs> That's the other fun. What one thousand eight hundred and seventy nine international goals for Sigurdsson in three hundred and sixty five games, and he played for nine different clubs. Doesn't he have the record for most international goals scored in handball? 
exactly. In, uh, yeah. Men's handball, huh? Or both. I think it's both. Or is a Regal who he he no I he think, think can, yeah by Niago yeah that was just yeah, that's like, just the Euro though that's just the Euro yeah they wrote each other letters mm. somehow and the letters ended up online Chris settle it a bit now we go for are we going for Sigurdsson or do you have another span that's all the works here no I mean Sigurdsson was the one that came up for me I mean I want to give Kazakevich a a, sh- a look in here Rasmus convince me <laughs> yeah but. What can I say more than he invented the shot? He he was very, very good at the time. Uh, he played like on another level. He played like a, a left left wing who played in, in this time. So that's, for me, uh, very, very impressive that he changed the handball, the, the, the way you play handball. When when uh, the guys saw him make this shot, every, everyone just couldn't believe it. So, But of course, I like Sigurds a lot. That's not, that's not a problem for me that he would get it. Yeah. So hands up for... Sigurdsson, hands up for Gensheimer. <laughs> if he just if he just won something, anything except the German Cup, you know, that would be. Would be he nice. was there for the Euro, wasn't? No, he yeah. won the All Star All Star game shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. German. That's that is the sad thing. Yeah, he wasn't there for the Euro, right? Uh, I mean, there was nobody there for Germany in the Euro. That was the most incredible thing about it. It was with their, you know, with the with the B team. All right. Then Sigurdsson takes it for now. Uh, left back. This should be fun. Chris, you start. <laughs> this is also going to get into a whole thing of when it goes to his left back and centre back is who yeah. who is more. Uh, yeah, maybe we just have you know, <laughs> two players who play left and centre back. I'm I'm looking at him as a left back. And you may have noticed. If you are not a Patreon subscriber and listening on a normal podcast app, that this is the end of the journey for you. We're going to put this second half behind the subscriber wall and uh, make it available for all of you who are subscribers to us on Patreon. And uh, I tell you what, it's worth subscribing for this second half alone a lot of interesting discussions to come and uh, some of the most contentious positions so head on over to patreon.com forward slash handball hour to catch the rest of this episode and we'll be back shortly for all of you with the third part of the live show which will be available in full for all of you but until then take care and goodbye